News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. Of the Good Friday Agreement. Fergus Finlay, former CEO of Bernardo's, Irish Examiner columnist, you were there uh, that day. Just explain to people, Fergus, because I think most people know what the Good Friday Agreement was, but a lot of people won't remember or won't know about the Downing Street Declaration. Why was it important? Oh, it was fundamental, Shane. It was a, the turning point. It was the pivot on which I think the peace process uh, turned. It was the founding document. It established a number of things. The first thing it did was, and and bear in mind, we'd been through 30 years of unrelenting, unremitting violence, killings, murders, bombings. Uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland in particular had been an awful place to live um, and people had suffered immensely. Um, That was the the Downing Declaration was the moment when uh, we saw an opportunity to end that. Um, and it was based on a strategic decision which had kind of taken the form taken form over a couple of years. Um, and the strategic decision was to bring the men of violence in from the cold, to turn the people who had been the cause of the problem into the contributors to the solution. Um, that was difficult. It had to be done in secret. Uh, it took an awful long time. Uh, and it was done against a background of continuing violence. I can remember reading, uh, because I was working in the Department of Foreign Affairs with Dick Spring as minister at the time, yeah, Albert yeah. Reynolds was Taoiseach. I can remember reading uh, documents from the IRA at precisely the same time as the Warrington bomb went off, killing Jonathan Paul and Tim Parry, one of the worst atrocities of its of its type uh, in, the, in the course of the Troubles. Um, all through those... N- very difficult months of negotiation when we're going backwards and forwards with forms of texts and forms of language. Um, it, 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 it never ended. It never ended. A couple of, like a couple of weeks before the ceasefire, um, the terrible Shankill massacre happened. It was followed by the awful Grace Deal massacre. Those two massacres alone, more than 20 people were murdered. Um, and there was the spectacle of Jerry Adams carrying the coffin of one of the bombers of the Shankill massacre. So, so you know, it was a really difficult, fraught period where negotiations were going on, partly in secret, partly in private, led by uh, Albert Reynolds and uh, Dick Spring uh, and carried out by some of the best and finest officials I've ever had the privilege of working with, I have to say. Yeah, uh, some some really brilliant people involved. I, like, I, I was a young journalist at, at the time, sort of watching from the You're margins. You're silly young I, I, journalist, Shane. <laughs> I, wish, I wish that were true, Fergus. Um, but I do remember, I remember being completely wrong, thinking Albert has been really naive here with his who's afraid of peace and let's do a deal. I, I thought he was being utterly naive. But he did bring a certain, he did bring that kind of can-do attitude, which I think helped... But there was it. It wasn't all plain sailing. Were you there for the the famous row between uh, Albert Reynolds and and I John was. Major? Where where I was. Uh, Albert said, "You're making a fool of me." Uh, except it wasn't a fool that he. It, fool wasn't the word I, he I was, used. I was there in that room. It was the uh, James Connolly room, um, uh, the room where, ironically, James Connolly had been held the night before he was shot um, in Dublin Castle. Uh, um, uh, Albert glared at John Major across the table and uh, used a bad word. Um, Major was so irritated and taken aback that he was playing with a pencil in his hand and he snapped the pencil in half. And then he looked at Albert and said, um, 
uh, perhaps we should talk privately. And they went into another room uh, and they roared and shouted at each other. You could hear it all over Dublin Castle. But the rest of us stood around. Um, then he came, Albert came to the door and called for one of uh, Major's officials and uh, said, he wants you inside. And the official went in and I caught Albert's eye and I said, how's it going, Taoiseach? And he sort of grinned at me. He was very pale, very tense. He sort of grinned at me and he said, and I hope you'll forgive me if I quote him verbatim, Shane. Do, do. Um, he's, he said, well, he said he took the bollocks, he chewed the bollocks off me, but I took a couple <laughs> of lumps out of him as well. And then they went back in and went at it again. And um, the reason, there were a number of reasons for that, but the main reason was that at the very last minute, and this would be a classic British negotiating tactic, we had done work, I had been involved in drafting, and many other really finer minds than mine had been involved in drafting, a document. Um, and at the very last minute, the British sent us a brand new document, an utterly, completely different document, but no relation to the document we'd been working on for months, that they and we had been working on for months. And Albert saw this, as, and we all did, saw it as an example of bad faith. Uh, and perfidious ripped, Albion. And, perfidious Albion, and ripped into them. Uh, now, the consequence of that row uh, which only happened a few days before the Dynasty Declaration was actually signed. The consequence of that row was that uh, the, the offending document was just removed from the table entirely, and we went back to working on our draft, and we finished our draft. Okay. And that draft, uh, that draft, you can look at read it today, the principles of consent, the idea of self-determination, all of the all of the core principles which went on into uh, what we call the joint framework documents which made the agenda for the for the Good Friday Agreement and then the Good Friday Agreement itself, all of the principles were set out that day and of course it enabled the, uh, the first IRA ceasefire to follow It did, uh, it some did. Hugely, hugely, hugely significant uh, historic occasion, you were part of it, you played a, a significant role in it, uh, 30 years ago today, Stephen Collins uh, has a fine piece on it uh, in today's Irish Times as well uh, worth reading as well, uh, Fergus uh, Finlay, former CEO of Bernardo's Irish Examiner columnist uh, and at the time uh, working for Dick Spring in the Department of Foreign Affairs, thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning 28 News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.